Welcome to the Race Ride Seek podcast with Curve Cycling. I'm Jesse Carlson, and today we've got a very special guest, our very own Ryan Rhino Flynn. Ryan is just hours away from starting the Trans Am bike race, um, a 6,800-kilometer race across the United States from West Coast to the East Coast. Um, It's solo, it's unsupported, Ryan's doing this as part of what he's calling the Triple Crown. So he really wants to complete the Indy Pack, which he did early this year and still hasn't recovered from. Uh, he can barely use his hands, unfortunately, but still he's just days away from embarking on the Trans Am bike race, which is stop number two. And stop three will be the Transcontinental. Um, who knows whether he's even got an entry for the Transcontinental, but um, that sort of thing doesn't seem to stop. Um, the untamed, uncontrollable rhino. Uh, it was very exciting to talk to him. Um, he's in Portland at the moment, staying with um, someone he's met through his social media exploits. It's a remarkable, uh, remarkably wonderful and giving community we have in this ultra-endurance cycling scene. Um, so Ryan's been well looked after in Portland. Um, it's really exciting to talk to him. You can hear the excitement in his voice. Although I'm not sure it's excitement, nerves, or a bit of denial, or maybe all three. Um, But either way, it's very exciting to talk to Ryan as he prepares um, for the Trans Am bike race in his final preparations. So we'll hear a little bit about his bike setup. We'll hear a little bit about the recovery from the Indy Pack. um, And we'll hear about um, more about the special community that he's been um, so instrumental in creating. So let's uh, head over to Portland and have a chat with Rhino. I'm sitting here in, on a cold, cold and wet Melbourne day. I've got all this technology around me. I've got like three or four iPhones trying to record this. I've got a laptop. Of It's just, it's wild in here. I've got cables running everywhere. I can't move because I'm going to trip. Um, <laughs> but anyway. I'm picturing it. Are you sitting on my desk? Uh, on my desk or no, on no, no, no. I'm I'm out at home at the moment, so I've uh, I've also I, been sick too. So just I'm just trying oh to get no. some some more sympathy there too. Um, but anyway, oh, enough about my cable mess and technology <laughs> predicament. It looks like it works. Um, on to you, Rhino. Where where are you exactly on right now? To me, I'm sitting in. Beautiful hut and a little little uh, place called Brush Prairie. Brush Prairie? Where the hell's Brush Prairie? Brush Prairie is essentially like because we're we're just over the river of, on the other side, the northern side of Portland, and um, that's actually in another state called Washington. Mm. Portland, Oregon, not Portland, Victoria, where the um, where the big aluminium factory smeltery is right <laughs> yeah that's right okay. portland oregon yeah i oh, actually i'm sorry i probably got that wrong about portland victoria but anyway keep going sorry ron <laughs> oh really I was, I was just rolling with you man yeah you just roll with um, it. yeah yeah so it's not actually that far from portland city center yeah. or the airport itself so it's a really fortuitous um meeting of Pastor Darren. Pastor Darren uh, has been a long time uh, indie pack and uh, 
I guess, a fan of ultra-distance racing and has been following our adventures for quite some time. And, uh, yeah, he heard we were coming to take on the Triple Crown and said, hey, if we can uh, help you out, let us know. We're just on the other, other side in Vancouver on the Washington State side of... Because, obviously, I said Washington and then there's Oregon. They're right, actually. The Columbia River actually separates Oregon and Washington. So, and I think I learned another interesting fact about the, the, it's, there's only two rivers that run north-south, and it's the Mississippi and the Columbia. Everything else runs west-east. Mm. So I'm learning about berries. I'm learning about, you know, tributaries and river systems. I'm going to be, I'm coming back a learned man. <laughs> <laughs> a man. wealth of knowledge to impart on, you know, you all. So get ready. And so what on earth are you doing in um, just over the border from from Portland, Oregon? What are you doing over there in the States, Rhino? Oh, sorry. I thought everyone... <laughs> uh, I'm racing across... Yeah, we've, got to, we've got to rewind a little bit, right? I know you're deep. North you're America. deep into this. You're deep yeah, into I'm, it. What I'm are you doing? I'm deep in. I'm like... But I'm, I'm doing the Trans-American Bike Race, okay. which is... One of the three grand monuments of ultra-distance cycling on the road, on the sealed bitumen. And it is a 6,900-kilometer race across North America. One that you, sir, have done extremely well in, in 2015 and Sarah in 2016. So I'm the third curve, curve uh, member to uh, take on this glorious race, and fingers crossed, I'll do you do you proud, JC. Oh, of course, I know they're they're enormous shoes to fill. Enormous. <laughs> <laughs> they are monstrous, mate. Yeah, and I like, like size size fifteen. <laughs> <laughs> they are they are enormous shoes. Hey, but um, I think you, you mentioned six thousand nine hundred. I think when Teeth did it, or Sarah, sorry, she, it was a bit over 7,000 yeah. with her, with all her wrong turns, but um, hopefully you'll fall, <laughs> <laughs> fall a little bit better. <laughs> Awkward. Uh, anyway. Staying away from that one, mate. So this is another, oh, this is another so one of trouble. the, yeah, this is an, another one of the solo unsupported races um, that's on the, on the calendar, one of the bigger ones. Um, it goes, yeah. so where does it start? It starts in Astoria, Oregon. Which I'm surprised oh, you're sorry, actually not. Yes. You, you're not actually in a story yet, but that's that's <laughs> that's another story. We'll get to that. That's over on the that's over on the west coast, and you're going to ride all the way to the east coast, um, and you crisscross. I think about ten states. Is that right? Um, that's on your it. Way, ten states on your way across, across the country. The US. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's um, yeah, it's quite quite a quite a long one. This one I've not done something so long before, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see how the uh, what sort of madness ensues on social media as I go deep across the country. Maybe in the first state you'll start to see me in a state or maybe it'll take two states for me to get into a real state or maybe it's three states or maybe I'm already in a real state and uh, just getting to Astoria might be a, uh, um, you know, a bit of a mission. But I tell you what, it's given me new appreciation for the international riders that come 
and take on the Indypak, you know, we're so lucky. We just sort of pitch up in Perth and we know exactly what's going on and we know all about the route and um, we've got lots of friends and support across uh, um, the whole place and we're, we're comforted by the fact that we know pretty much the entire um, course. I flew over here and I was like, man, this is it's given me a newfound appreciation for, for the international riders. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, uh, but it's been, it's been, it's so wonderful to, to see how the cycling community kind of bands together and looks after, you know, perfect strangers, really. And um, the, the, the singular kind of thing that binds us all is the bicycle and that spirit of adventure. Hang on, I've just got to let the dog in. Hello, mate. We <laughs> left outside. <laughs> Come on in. You're coming in too. Um, it's it's getting dark here, so the dogs want to come in because it gets pretty cold as soon as the sun goes down. Um, so yeah, so that's been, yeah, been quite amazing. Just kind of supportive community hmm, here in um, in Portland, especially. And I met up with some of your the guys that, funnily enough, put you up or took you around when um, you, you were here, Jake. Oh really? Oh, you cool, Jake? Jake. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and had a ride with him, and he, they took me to the top lookout, um, look over the city, and there's a lot of volcanoes here. Um, and Mount Etna kind of lost her cap in 1980 and erupted. Um, actually, uh, they evacuated like the whole city. Did get claimed a few lives when uh, when she finally blew. Uh, but yeah, there's some amazing mountains around here, like Mount Hood, which just has snow on it year round, and it's a very beautiful spot. It's just mm. it's spring now, so it's super green. It must rain 300 days out of the year here because it's just just pine and beautiful forest and shrub and a hundred different colours of green. Mm. Yeah, it's it's lovely. Yeah, it's a lovely town. Hey, um, we were gonna. <laughs> We're going to oh, talk to you about. Questions, yeah, we're you? going to. It sounds like you're a changed man. You're yeah. being. You're very philosophical. You've learned all about history and Marion Berries and all yeah. that stuff. But let's <laughs> that's right. let's rewind a little I'll tell bit. Tell all because, about Assyria next. <laughs> because we haven't been able to chat to you about the Indie Pack yet. Um, we wanted to do a podcast oh. about that. So um, your head's buried in the Trans Am, but um, can mm. we just rewind a little bit to reflect on the Indie Pack and? And what was your experience out there versus um, the year before? Yeah. Um, what was my experience in comparison to the previous? Mm. That was my first real ultra-distance ride after being inspired by guys like Jesse Carlson, your good self, and Sarah Hammond. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a... It was a it's a different ride across the country for a number of reasons. Obviously, um, it was it was cancelled, but continued unofficially. Um, we kind of saw a lot of people that were inspired by you, you and Sarah, taking on their first challenge as well, and seeing all of them across the country safely was amazing. And to see how many people actually did finish the entire route was incredible and me being one of them I realised I could race a bit quicker this time round I had 
better understanding of how to go long, but also how to go over a bit lots of mistakes, like cutting my shlemmy out of my bibs, which is <laughs> probably something no one I think that was should ever do. <laughs> might have been a first in ultra uh, endurance um, racing, it, that's for sure. It might, it might have been. Mm. Um, I, you know, I don't think we want to wear that crown, JC. So. That's, uh, but on that's the bright side, I think it was. It did bring out another first, first. <laughs> yeah, which was being the first male ambassador for a female hygiene product, um, perhaps anywhere yes, in the world. Temper coming on board with, with, was amazing. I mean, being the first male ambassador of a woman's hygiene product is quite a special title. Um, yeah, uh, it it is. Uh, it's a bit of an honour, and uh, you know, something I'll treasure going. Across uh, the US, it's kind of proudly displayed on the bike, <laughs> powered by temper. <laughs> Watch out for Rhino's temper. <laughs> Don't touch that temper. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> but no, I mean, it also, you know, the second time around, I was kind of a bit, I was able to kind of battle through a few things um, and mitigate some issues that could have stopped me from finishing. But yeah, and I managed to do it a bit quicker, and that was awesome, and strung together a few, you know, when you first said to me, like, oh, you know, why don't you just go and figure out if you can do 400Ks a day before you do the in your pack, because then you'll know if you can do this sort of thing or not properly. And uh, yeah, I managed to do that on the second in your pack, and I was like, oh, you know, I figured out a better strategy for sleeping and riding and not just going out of the gate screaming like a wild crazy person but <laughs> <laughs> some of that still happened anyway but no it was it was a lot it was a lot of fun and you know it was more of a like a celebration than a than an actual race race whereas i think the trans america there's some there's over 100 people here they're all here for one one reason that's to race across the country mm-hmm. so yeah, the, the the indie pack will always have a very special place in in my heart and a special place in in Curve's heart. So um, I think I'll have to pitch up for number three and try and take on um, the podium one day, maybe next year. Well, why bother waiting till next year, Rhino? I mean, seriously, <laughs> come on, you're all the way over there. I mean, that's the that's the thing with these these with these events. Um, it's it's a long way to go for us from Australia to get to these big races overseas. Um, there's a lot of travel required, big time difference. Yeah. And um, yeah. yeah, it's funny you walk through those little gates in the in the international terminal, go through those magical doors and through customs, and suddenly you feel pretty alone. Um, it's like right, okay, well out we go, um, off on this big adventure to the other side of the world. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. It can be a lonely experience. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm very lucky that it it's turned out so well so early for for me and for Curve because mm. yeah, we've got a lot of support over here. So mm. um, yeah, no, it's you're right. I mean, that's another one of my reasoning for saying, gee, the guys that come over to us and do the indie pack from all corners of the globe, it's it's a quite a quite a challenge it's mm. yeah daunting experience but it's also you know the logistics of getting to the star line that's 
that's a difficult thing, mm. you know. Um, and I've, I sort of, we got away unscathed, pretty much touch wood. You know, the bike's in great condition. It didn't get lost. It didn't get damaged. Everything works. The hydraulics are sound. The, the DI2 is perfect, you know. Or the dynamo is functioning. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we've all had these horror stories of, you know, you had your your issues with race to the rock, and mm. we were trying to relace wheels and send you new dynamos, and you had to start the race two days late. I kind of think that was a brilliant kind of outcome anyway, because then you showed people exactly what you could do, <laughs> uh, which was quite an incredible, um, quite an incredible record setting. Uh, 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 Mun Yeah, it was uh, it was good fun, so, but you know, um, we... meant that I didn't have any food out there because everyone else had eaten it all. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> mate, you're a ninja. You're, mm. you're probably one of the most experienced riders out there. So it's got to be harder for you mm. than for the rest of them. Otherwise, it's not challenging. <laughs> <laughs> so, and how's the recovery but been after the indie park? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to you, Riley. <laughs> um, how's the recovery been after the? After the indie pack, I know you've um, you've been nursing some some wounded paws. I call them paws or claws, or they're, they're not really hands anymore. I don't think. Um, yeah, like unfortunately, um, you know, I've just had some some fun times with 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 the trap nerves in my um, in my left hand, especially. Just, um, yeah, getting onto the Belgian air and swapping out to a super aggressive race bike with no aero bars and getting some, and I quote, airtime was the dumbest thing I've ever done. And I've done <laughs> some really stupid stuff. <laughs> Just to, for some context on that, in case you missed it, during the during Rhino's Indy Pack ride, he came screaming into Melbourne completely delirious um i think i came in to visit him early in the morning and he had this crazed look in his eye saying that it was airtime he was going to make a bike change and it was airtime i was like okay man um that's that's cool but it would have been nice if you'd let someone know that maybe we could have gotten the bike ready um and then I think it might have been three in the afternoon when I, I called I called you to ask how the bike was going and I don't think you'd left yet. <laughs> it's probably the longest yeah. bike change old, in history. <laughs> poor old Paul Vanderplug wanted to come and escort me out of out of um, Melbourne and uh, he got there like in the morning and he was like still there in <laughs> yeah, late afternoon going, guys haven't bloody left yet. I've got to go now to a massage and sports therapy and blah 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 before I go off and race. So, yeah, it was. Um, it sounded like a great idea. I mean, we sold a few, you know, mm. before they were officially released. So that was awesome. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> destroyed your hands and, uh, and it cost but, you about but, at least eight, yeah, eight or nine hours. Mm. Adam's been cutting up my food for the past, I don't know, six weeks, helping me eat breakfast. He's been cutting my nails. He's been chewing your food and spitting it into your mouth like a little bird. (laughs) I mean, zips are a complicated endeavor, and buttons don't even get me started. (laughs) Like, uh, so, 
yeah it's been oh you know everyone's got their um their issues to deal with those mm. were just unfortunately some of mine and mm. we had ren ren um she's she's been great she's been helping me like twice a week she was there um kind of giving me massages and she was doing all this cupping stuff you know like the, you, I think you witnessed a cupping session once and got completely freaked out when uh, she was sucking um, with those suction cups all over my back and arms. And, mm. Do you remember that? Yeah, it looked like someone, if you, I don't know, growing up, if you ever had a spud gun at all, like where you, you fired, yeah. Yeah, fired um, potatoes out of these, these pipes like a bazooka. I, I guess it kind of looked yeah, like someone had been right. firing... Um, potatoes or frozen oranges out of a bazooka onto your back <laughs> it was kind of like that but i tell you what it did it did really i don't know if it was placebo or if it was the encouragement of like more blood flow into the affected area but it really it really did help mm. um, and then she got me adam's nose um molded out of adam's rubber nose. <laughs> yeah i mean if you put one the, of those massage devices. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like Adam's nose, perfectly moulded, and she gave me that to take with me so I can massage my my arms and get that myofascial release and trigger point therapy and really get into those affected areas and just help keep them mm. as loose and as uh, healthy as possible. Mm. It's but a, yeah, the, it's a nice image as well. Getting Adam's nose right in there into all those yeah, those like spots. you know, it's you'd never realise that his nose would become so <laughs> famous. But there are thousands of these little things around the world now that people press into their bodies in all sorts of places, <laughs> and Adam's nose is you know is, is pretty much helping people take on triple crowns crossing the country, you know. <laughs> bringing Fantastic. so much joy to people's lives mm. so um, <laughs> i'm really thankful to adam's nose and to the wonderful people that you know saw that beautiful noggin and thought you know what that's a massage device it's not only <laughs> it's not <laughs> only there to to smell and to make him look like a, a greek goddess i mean it's it's more than that it's so much more. Where is my Adam's nose? I'm trying to find it because I'm talking about it. I'm like, I've got to find this. You've got to find the bloody thing. Uh, well, it's good to it's good to hear that you're you're on the mend a bit. But it, so I think it sounds like the damage from the indie pack is still uh, got some time to run, and recovery isn't 100 percent yet. But nevertheless, you're you're launching into the next one, and um, so you're rolling out on Saturday morning, I believe. Is that right? Saturday morning. Saturday morning, mate. Saturday morning, six a.m. All right. So we'll six a.m. So that would be if yeah. we're in Melbourne on the east coast of uh, of Australia, that would be eleven p.m. on. Well, that'd be eleven p.m. for us, wouldn't it? On uh, Saturday night. Saturday uh, night. Yeah, yeah, for us. Um, so, okay. Now, um, Trans Am coming up. Um, what's the What's yeah. your plan? What's your plan, Ryan? Um, it's it's to have a go. It's to have a go, mate. Hmm. To have a go. Because I think have a go. I think because um, we all watch you ride these these things, and it's 
very entertaining. Um, but what a lot of people might know is might not know is that you've you've done all sorts of stuff in your past, though, right? You've you're um, you've been a genuine athlete. I really wanted to get my pro card, and I worked really hard once upon a time to to kind of get there, but I just wasn't good enough. Didn't cut the mustard. But yeah, I, I was a kid. I, was, I, I swam. I swam a lot, and um, yeah, I was put into like an Olympic swimming program pretty young. But you know, again, it was it was pretty hard, and the little rhino crumbled. Um, Rhinos aren't known for their swimming prowess normally, are they? They're not great swimmers. They they sink, but. Mm. You know, I didn't know I was a rhino at that time. I thought I was like a like a dolphin. Mm. Um, yeah, and <laughs> put, uh, I put my hand up for pretty much everything. You know, I, I just loved playing sport as a kid. Um, I thought because my dad was a very high-level rugby and cricket player and my brother too, I thought, you know, I'm going to grow this monstrous beard. I'm going to become six foot, 120 kilos like them. And I'm going to be a professional rugby player. And then I was playing to a good standard when I was 16, 17. And unfortunately, I broke my neck and that ended things pretty quickly for me. Um, was C3 and C4 and C5 and was never really the same when I came back to the sport. And then, yeah, I was like, well, I've played so many other sports and I was a trials rider. I used to love riding trials and had one of those giant trials team um, spe- special editions like it was out of aircraft aluminium and I had number 13 out of 500 and it was signed signed by my favourite heroes at the time, Martin Ashton, Martin Hawes, you know who Danny McCaskill kind of he, he, he mirrored his and was inspired by these guys to do what trials is now considered today its own sport Back in those days, those guys were using old 26er mountain bikes. You know, they didn't have trial-specific frames in the early days. So I loved that, and I loved bikes and motorbikes and, you know, motocross and just anything to do with going fast and, you know, getting your blood rushing and just being out there with, with your mates. And then I was running track and I was doing... I was playing hockey and I was playing cricket and squash and I was started um, doing ultra distance running and like 100k stuff and orienteering and like navigating and being out there um, you know with with all your mates just kind of trying to figure out a 60 mile course um, together or in individual teams and that sort of stuff was fun and yeah, then triathlon came along and I was pretty pretty good swimmer still, knew how to swim. Open water swimming was something I really loved doing. I was getting more and more into it. And um, and then triathlon, I found this great triathlon coach who's still one of my good friends, James Stewart, in in England. And yeah, he was, he'd done like 10, 12 Ironmans. <clears throat> he had his own coaching business and I was living in, in Sussex and Surrey at the time, so... I started racing and started racing as age grouper and yeah went to um, world champs twice um, wow. went to a European so I got a European silver medal 
Um, and yeah, I was like, man, let's chase this as hard as we can and see uh, see where it goes. But I was too old already, starting at eighteen, nineteen, and kind of really focusing on it in my early twenties. It was it was kind of. I say that I was too old, but I was probably just not good enough. <laughs> <laughs> you've done pretty much everything by the sounds of it. Um, you name it, you've done it. Um, I think, where, what's the appeal with this long-distance stuff for you? It really kind of, it's that exploring, you know, that I say it a lot, you might have heard it, but for those that haven't, it's for me personally, it's exploring the dark areas of the map and it's it's a map not just of the environment that you're exploring but the one that's in yourself you know you you, you don't really know who you are i think sarah says it you don't really know how, how much you hate yourself until you do one of these and you race them <laughs> properly <laughs> and i really understand what she's saying when she says that but yeah i love exploring for one, I love, you know, I'm, I've never been to the U.S. really. I mean, the one I have, my aunt lives in North Carolina in Charlotte. And when I was 21, I came here and my, my aunt's a bit crazy. And I used to ride horses um, and she entered me into a bull rodeo, my 21st birthday present. <laughs> um, so as you, as you can tell, I jumped at the chance of doing that and... Um, yeah, I've never been the same since. But <laughs> I've never really been to the US. And for me to explore the US um, by bike, it combines, you know, some some of those those passions and loves. And I get to meet new people, which is another thing that you've obviously seen that I really enjoy. Um, meeting new people and sharing that story. And, you know, uh, obviously racing is something in my blood and I like to race and I also like to you know understand who I am or figure out who I am at least because there's you know there's there's no you you don't really learn much about yourself you know waking up each day and not really challenging yourself so what have you learned about yourself doing these doing these longer races I learned that I probably should have been a stand-up comedian um, <laughs> leaving school. <laughs> Not a sportsman. Um, <laughs> uh, well, I've learned that, you know, the world isn't the dark and scary place that the, um, the news lo- loves to report on. I've learned that, you know, humanity and the people that in every um, walk of life that I've come across have have been incredibly gracious and just very kind and caring. And that's, uh, I've been to, obviously you've heard a few of the countries I've been to, and it's, for me, that's one of the, the great, the great things to experience. I mean, the cycling community that we, we, we're building, you know, the, curve is building and that being on that forefront of bike packing and adventure and being a one of the big adventure brands of today 
I've, you know, I've, I've learned that, yeah, this, wow, there's a, there's a really wonderful uh, community um, that we've, that we're, we're part of. Mm. Um, I think that's yeah, one of the that's the one of the beauties of this sort of racing, isn't it? It feels like there's um, you know there's so many people who who are able to watch the races. Um, uh, so there's dots that you can follow on a map, and that's kind of that's great in a way, and that sort of lets you have a little vicarious adventure for whatever reason. But um, with the sort of uh, technology we have these days, with social media and so on, they can really feel like they're part of the adventure, and I think that's what you've done. That's what you've done so well, Brian. Um, helping bring people along in your own um, in your own special way. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what that style is just yet, but you've always called me an experiential learner, and I just like to uh, no holds barred kind of show that mm. <laughs> side of side of it to people. Um, try it with a you know sometimes a, a bit of a comedic spin but you know it's, it's not always it's not always happy go lucky but i try to keep it light because um you know that's the thing you've managed to you've managed to balance that i was trying to paint that picture that you've been uh you've been a serious sports sportsman in your in your short time on this planet you how old are you ryan you're still you're still just such a young whippersnapper i'm i'm just a baby um i'm 32 yeah 32 uh, right so and you've yeah. done all this stuff. Um, mm. So you're a, you've been a serious a serious athlete um, in your past. You're still capable of of amazing things on your bike. But um, I think the impressive thing is how you managed to balance that. Um, still putting out big efforts in these long distance races with um, with trying to communicate it and take people along as well. So um, that's a pretty pretty challenging thing um to do and i mm. think it's it's something that makes um well that, that only helps build this fantastic community that we've got um and i suppose it's one part of it is um it all it all comes back so right now you're staying you're staying in a beautiful beautiful place um that's as a result of that community um being that's right being supported and looked after by um yeah by by someone who was probably just a stranger um a few days ago but has welcomed you into yeah. their home and eating their food and teaching you all about marion berries and the columbia river being <laughs> the second river that runs north south in the u.s so um yeah it is a beautiful community and i think um you've that's, largely helped right. uh, to to build that too so um yeah well you know i always say if you can you must if you have a skill or you have a you have an opportunity to help someone or if you, you you know you're you're put in a position where you're able to do good then you you must you're obligated to do so and that's kind of how i try and live my life mm. really but yeah it's great that it's being well received because mm. <laughs> um, yeah you're right it's not always um the, the smartest thing to do in a race to pull over on the side <laughs> of the road and start chatting to people and taking photos and but you know that's those are the special moments that you remember not the medal that sits gathering dust in in your cupboard mm. so all right so let's move this along um we're going to you're about to kick off in the trans am um indie pack wasn't all that long ago 
What's what's different in your approach to the Trans Am? Well, like you said, JC. <laughs> well, Riley, my boy, it's time <laughs> you learn how to ride these things. No, it's time you learn how to race these things. Mm. So come over here. <laughs> come under my little dragon wings. <laughs> and uh, so I'm not taking like half the kit I took on the uh, on the indie pack. I've got some very Gucci equipment, <laughs> kindly donated by you and Sarah. You know, we're talking, we're talking fabrics so tropical and fruity. I've never even heard of them. We're, <laughs> we're talking Cuban fiber. We're talking Pertex Quantum. We're talking <laughs> hydrophilic synthetic down. I mean, you know, it's it's a whole new world that mm. I've I found out. Um, what sort of what sleeping bag? What sleeping bag are you taking with you? Uh, you know the answer to that, JC. I'm not taking a sleeping bag. Well, I kind of am, but I'm not. It's not really called a sleeping bag. It's actually called a jacket. <laughs> <laughs> it's a cumulus jacket by those wonderful legends over in Poland. Mm. And yeah, it's a synthetic down um, Gucci gucci jacket mm. um that yeah it, it's it's pretty much my sleeping bag so i think looking at your bike setup um i think we posted some pictures up at, on of it up on the curve insta page yeah. um account yeah it looks pretty serious you're not carrying much at all um you're carrying i don't know it looks carrying, like about yeah. a third of the stuff that you're carrying on the on the indie pack you're looking serious riley yep there's a lot of climbing and there's a lot of racing to be done, mm. and it's uh, it's time. I'm gonna I'm going dark. It's dark rhino. <laughs> switching off all the communications. I'm um, I'm not taking a phone. I'm not even <laughs> taking batteries. Oh, what a load of rubbish! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't last a minute without no. saying, "G'day, you cracking cucumbers." <laughs> Uh, but it looks like so you, you're going pretty light on this one, and so it looks like you're gonna yeah. you're gonna have a crack on this one. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna have a crack. I mm. mean, I'm not preserving myself for the transcontinental. Mm. I'm uh, I'm here to race. I don't want to take a spot and and not do the race justice. I mm. mean, Nathan Jones, the race founder, has put on a race for us all to enjoy, and I'll uh, I'll, I'll go for it. You know, I'm gonna go after your time, JC. <laughs> I don't think you'll have any trouble beating that, that's for sure. <laughs> Mate, what are you talking about? It's freaking 18 days. No, I think you'll you'll be fine. Um, now, so what's your, do you ha- how are you approaching it? Do you have a daily mileage target or are you just going to ride a certain number of hours a day or are you just going to suck it and see or what do you, what's the plan? When the gun goes off, the gloves come off. And it's just going to be fireworks. There is just going to be the biggest roar you've ever heard and a flash. And I'll be gone because I would have dropped you like a stone, like a soft piece of cheese. You'll be melting in my wake. (laughs) I'll be sitting on, you know, 450, 500 watts probably <laughs> and translating that into the same amount of k's each day <laughs> until slowly the triple crown is placed upon my head 
I heard you. No, I think, I think the race was going to start the day before, actually, at the, the photographic or the, the group photo. I think you had a plan to say something to the uh, your your colleagues yeah. and fellow racers. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted right? to ask everyone there which one of them was coming in second <laughs> um, whilst screaming down the hill, doing this awesome, like, trials, stoppy kind of stunt. But I'm working on that because the bike's really heavy and I'm not sure I can pull that off just yet. Yeah. But whatever happens the day before, it will be glorious. <laughs> so you're sounding, you're sounding pretty confident. You're going to have a go. Um, do, you know, do you know much yeah. about the course at all? Do you know how it splits up or what you're going to experience out there um, from a, geograph- a geographical point of view? Don't be silly, mate. <laughs> I've been working my butt off. Since finishing the indie pack, trying to catch up on work, I had a look at the course on. I just loaded the course onto my Garmin this evening. <laughs> uh, I um, I understand it goes through ten states. Mm. Um, yeah, um, we go through some bear country, and there's a bit of climbing. But um, yeah, obviously I've 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 had to friends do this and have been quietly paying attention as to what does go on in these in these races and this one in particular but yeah Oregon you know Oregon we get out of pretty quickly it's mm. uh, it, it, it's it's not really um, like we're spending much time there mm. it's maybe a thousand k's yeah, you know, so I'll be done. I'll, I would have done that in the first day, probably. <laughs> well, if you're holding 450 um, watts, I reckon, I reckon you should be just about <laughs> right. You'd probably be out of Oregon before dinner. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, I don't, I don't see Oregon to, as being much of an issue. I mean, there's like a few small little 5,000 feet sort of climbs, mm. but apart from that, you know, Idaho, Idaho is where things start to get spicy. Mm. You know, and then it's Wyoming that, you know, you start getting some serious, like, wow, Idaho and a bit of maybe Montana, I think. Is it Idaho and then Montana or is it Idaho, Montana, Wyoming? Some, anyway, Rockies, mate. Lots of mountains. Lots. They're climbing through Colorado. Yep. Yeah, like mm. we go... We go through Colorado, I think the highest point is like over 11,000 feet. You know, some little single engine piston aircraft can't even fly that high. <laughs> it's a little bit high for us, us little sea, sea level dwellers down here. But you'll be yeah. right, you've got, a, you've got a fair bit of time to get up to that point. Um, it's pretty funny though, that I think from memory the way the course works is if you start, if you ride from west to east, as most most do on this course, you've got this gradual yeah. climb. You start at sea level, you've got this gradual climb up to whatever it is, 3,600 metres or so, um, just out of Breckenridge. <clears throat> and then you plummet down to the, the Great Plains. And, and uh, Whereas if you're riding the other way across, you, you're, you climb pretty much up to the highest point on the course and then gradually make your way down to, to the ocean again. So... Um, for a sea level dweller, that's right. It would be it would be pretty tough going the other way. Mm. 
yeah, like, man, you go, I think it's a thousand miles of climbing. Like, you're just slowly working your way up, as you say, Mm. from Kansas Mm. into Colorado. Mm. You know, and those planes in Kansas, Mm. you just like, oh, yeah, that would be an interesting way to do it. I think you've got to, you've probably got to think about it in terms of, um, well, four four stages, I think, Riley. You've got mm. the, or maybe let's call it five. So stage one is probably the prologue. You've got the prologue yeah. where that's going to get you, that's going to get you out of Oregon um, into Idaho. Um, mm. That's that's probably the, the prologue. And the prologue is characterized by beautiful stuff along the Pacific Northwest coast, beautiful on the ocean there. Um, and then you hang a left, you head inland and you go over your first big pass, Mackenzie Pass, and you'll probably get some snow up there. Um, it's, and so you, you're going to, at your power output, you'll probably be through there on lunchtime, uh, <laughs> <laughs> having done 400 Ks. Um, but yeah, you've got the first stretch like that. Once you get over the over the range, it gets. You'll be surprised maybe how hot it is out there. Um, I think it's been characterised by um, extreme heat in recent years on the backside there as you head into Idaho. It's you, you know you go through places like called things like Hell's Canyon and that sort of thing. So um, I was, oh nice yeah. 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 <laughs> I was pretty embarrassed, you know, being Australian, you, you like to think that you can deal with warm weather, but I just melted, I melted like that piece of brie you were talking about earlier, I was, I was hopeless. <laughs> All right, anyway, I'm rambling though, but then, then you've got the high mountains, so you, you head through uh, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, spectacular stuff, you're riding through Yellowstone National Park, uh, really beautiful, um, and then you're into the Great Plains, that's the time trial stage. Um, which, yeah. unlike a, unlike the Grand Tours, it's more like a few thousand kilometres, and then you finish with um, <laughs> some power climbs um, for yeah. for over yeah, a thousand kilometres. Right. Yeah, um, I think we we're looking at the elevation profile the other day, Riley. We're going, um, we we're wondering if there was an issue with the GPX file because it just looks like static. It just sort of just goes up and just down like- in some in insane sort of it's like the it's like a seismograph really when an earthquake's happening it's just like going that's exactly right (laughs) but no there's no problem with it it's like that because you know it's just like um gills of joy Mm. but don't but don't worry because you have um stray dogs um rabid dogs chasing you (laughs) up or up most of them (laughs) And then, so you get through that, uh, and then there's the the epilogue. Um, you know, this is the that stretch, the ceremonial stretch after you get off the Blue Ridge Parkway, and then you head down to the coast. The final 200 kilometres um, is quite quite spectacular. But um, yeah, I've got all these memories planted in my head of it, um, and so it'll be fascinating to have a chat after you get out the other side. Um, so I know you haven't had much time to to look at the course and and all that sort of thing but um yeah you're gonna have a a wild ride that's for sure yeah um sarah's parting words were it's a long ride (laughs) and uh i was like oh dear yeah i'm uh i'm in for a big one 
I think that's but, uh, a great adventure all, uh, all the same. So the beauty of it yeah, as well is you you sort of you get through the halfway mark and you most you're across Kansas well into the the final third of it, um, and that's probably when it starts the whole thing really <laughs> in terms of a race because yeah. the heading through the the rollers endless rollers up and down up and down and the power climbs that you get through um, in the Ozarks of the Appalachians is just just completely does your head in i remember watching the doco on it with um mike hall and there's the the camera crew finds him somewhere in in this really nasty humid spot in kentucky and i think he says something like it just doesn't end um yeah and you see this exasperated yeah, look enough, on his face I watched that. yeah I, I watched that film uh not long ago actually yeah it was amazing to, mm. to see and you know yeah, if, and you know if Mike's saying something like that, then you better pay yeah. attention to it. <laughs> you better pay attention, yeah. But and that was the one interesting thing that I did pick up on when he he went super hard, super early, and he almost said, "Well, I think he did say that." He said, "You know, we went out of the gate super hard, and would it have been better to have paced ourselves?" for this for this point because it was there was a lot of there was a lot of mileage left mm. um when the when the tank was empty kind of thing yeah i guess it can be a bit <clears throat> it can be it's a tough one right do you get tied up in the race or do you do you get tied up or do you set you know do you play more of a sarah's kind of game mm. where she she's very she's very consistent each day with daily mileage mm. um and you know that for me, I love to race. Mm. I love racing. I love, you know, put it, putting uh, all my chips on the table and going all in. Mm. Um, the smart money and the, the statistics of how, how people uh, DNF <laughs> are also intrinsically linked to that same style of racing. Mm. But... Um, mm. Yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I haven't really made up my mind. Um, part of me says, "Don't worry about the noise. Just focus on putting in the work, and that consistent work will pay off come week two. Mm. Now you're gonna um, be you're gonna be going through some bear country out there yeah so what's your strategy about dealing with bears i've kept a lot of my sister's music from when she used to torture me (laughs) growing up as a boy um i've got one of those really wicked like um camo jbl speakers that i've strapped to my bike and as soon as we hit bear country Kirsty's playlist of Shania Twain and all those other screaming women that drove me crazy, they're going to drive those bears crazy. I'm not even going to see bears. <laughs> um, that's interesting, actually. So, Shania Twain, I'm just having a look on Instagram here to see if there's any questions for you. Um, no one's really interested in, in your 
in questions for you, Rhino, really? Oh, really? No. That's awkward. <laughs> no, no, I'm just joking. There's actually a lot. Um, I'm surprised. Um, no, music selection. So we've got, what's the music selection going to look like? You've got Shania Twain. Are you listening to a lot of music out there? Oh, uh, yeah, I think, I think I'll listen to a bit of music, actually. Um, it's not really like a, a selection I've put together. It's kind of what I've inherited um, through a few of these races now, just being given like, like Carmen gave me her, um, my old housemate, wonderful Carmen. She gave me her like Pilates workout, um, which I didn't realize I only had 10 songs on when I did the first thing. <laughs> but that brought back, um, and it's, it's been on the second pack with me and it's coming on a third adventure. So there's a bit of just, are you still there, Jason? Yeah, I'm here. Yeah. Are you there? Oh, I thought I lost you. No, that's all right. We, we're just in the third world of the internet here in Australia. And so um, <clears throat> yeah. it's a little bit difficult. <laughs> no, but yeah, all, all sorts, you know, we've got UB40, we've got Wet, Wet, Wet. I mean, Mike and the Mechanics, we've got... <laughs> You've got an eclectic all... musical uh, taste, I think it's fair to say. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> do you use interesting? So, do you use music to what? How do you use music on these races? Do you use it to pump you up? Do you use it to calm you down? Um, I've seen, I've heard people use it in all sorts of different ways. What do you use music for? Yeah, I use I use the the music to uh, to calm me down. Um, it just keeps me keeps me keeps me level. Otherwise. You know, I, I start turning to Instagram and, and losing focus. And the soothing sounds of Orinoco flow really just helped me get through uh, those times where I really want to just go a little bit crazy. It just kind of takes the, uh, takes the edge off. Hmm. I think one, <laughs> of the, one of the unique things about you, Riley, um, is that you seem to be just as out of control when you're euphoric and feeling great as you are when you're not feeling so great i mean i've ridden with you and we've been we were riding to adelaide you don't once. have to tell this story <laughs> you were riding to adelaide once and you were you were suddenly in a really low patch you were saying i need a coke somebody give me a coke and i think there was some long-winded story about how trying to explain how grateful you'd be if someone managed to get you a coke so anyway we gave you a, we got you a coke um and then my god you were on another planet you were i can't remember yeah. what you you were you were speaking a different language um you were <laughs> <laughs> i think your voice went up a few octaves there was it was remarkable i think yeah. your pace increased a good 10 or 15 k's an hour um, it was, yeah, it was we, were, we were now sitting on 17 k's an hour <laughs> and then you were just yeah. screaming you were just you turned into this wild uncontrollable hellcat and then sure enough the inevitable sugar crash came and you were just as yeah. vocal you were you were like who the hell gave me that coke i never want to see <laughs> coke ever again coke is the worst oh, thing yeah. like you were just you were out of control but the thing is most people when i've ridden with them they're They'll they'll be euphoric and they'll be on cloud nine and everything's great. But when things turn a little bit pear shaped, they're quiet. 
and you don't, yeah, you don't hear, hear from them. And so um, that's why I was interested with the whole music thing for you, Rhino. You seem to need a calming influence, like at all <laughs> at all times. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, it's it, it's something I'm working through, JC, and that's why I do these long races. It just uh, it's not going to help just doing one of them. I think there's a lot of problems and issues that I'm working on and. <laughs> my mental health machine <laughs> there you go <laughs> alright so okay now um, tell us a little bit about your bike setup for the Trans Am oh, yeah. what, what bike are you riding and and maybe some of the kit that you're taking along oh yeah riding the Curb Belty Spirit it's the one of our flagship bikes that we make it's pretty much designed with the Indian Pacific wheel race in mind. So kind of long, big days in the saddle and um, it's perfect for Transamerica as well. So got one of those using our wheels as well. We make the, the dragon skins, uh, the G4, um, which, which is one of our molds that, that we uh, that we got UCI approval on. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a lovely rim and I've laced that front wheel into a Sun 12mm Deluxe Dynamo and Satham CX Ray spokes, the bladed ones and just, I'm not sure what nipples we've run. <laughs> we've run, I think they're just stainless. Mm. What, and stainless what nipple washes are you running, Rhino, just to get right into the detail? <laughs> oh, I think I think we went with um, Liam Carmody's um, ultra ultra thin nipple washer. Um, but you got the you got the Belgian yeah. spirit. Um, have you done anything yeah, special with the Thompson. setup? Yeah, yeah, I got got some really. I got a short little chody chode stand. The uh, the Thompson uh, eighty chode with a plus ten um, kind of uh, mortar position. So <laughs> nice and high. Um, in its in its position, and I've got some of some of your you very kindly donated your you've just pretty much given me all your kit, but <laughs> your head uh, super light carbon um, aero bars, oh, the which yeah. <laughs> with the tusks have been cut in half for my little T Rex arms to <laughs> to, <laughs> to work because <laughs> mm. uh, we've uh, figured out that you and I very different sizes but thankfully these ones were the ones that you crashed in uh, that famous race to the rock so they were already cut anyway um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so have we found cut a use those for ones them. down mm. don't don't worry we found a use for them mm. and um yeah i've gone with just to protect my hands i'm using um di2 uh, uh like electronic group set and the the bar ends obviously have those shifters in as well on the aero bars. Um, and the great thing about those pads, those elbow pads, is they actually flip up. They're not actually fixed, mounted flat, so you have an additional hand position. I've double wrapped the bars and I've put gel in there, so, you know, it's the size of my leg, pretty much. <laughs> um, it's a comfy, bloody uh, hand position, I'll tell you. Um, We've gone with Durace uh, Shimano, but we've gone with a little Altegra 
rear derailleur so I can run 34 uh, 11 cassette and I'm running a compact chain ring mm -hmm. um, on my crank set so I've got one to one climbing um, gear ratio um, and then we've got uh, just a G4 in the back with a DT240 so DT Swiss um, same same spoke and nipple combo in the rear for those super technical dudes out there listening and dudettes um saddle is my 155 extra wide caboose power by uh by specialized obviously i've got uh big birthing hips and i need a, <laughs> a special chamois and saddle to interact with um with yours truly otherwise uh, gucci gucci la flamme mm. comes comes out uh i think I, day three i think yeah i hope you don't mind uh but i think stuart uh from stuart, uh, your, stuart your, your bike fit guru right yeah. he he did confide that um yours were the widest sit bones that he'd ever seen um that, in bike fitting history it's become quite a topic yeah mm. yeah yeah uh you know it's, it's um Again, another accolade that I seem to have picked up along the way in my coveted cycling history. I mean, the Palmaris that I <laughs> I have. I mean, it's just incredible. Mm. <laughs> um, what else to tell you? I'm, I'm running two two-liter um, dry bags. Mm -hmm. um, got this really cool Arundel clamp system that you very kindly made for me borrowed from your indie pack uh, sorry your trans am of 2015 so mm. it's the same one hope it brings me as, as much luck as it did you <laughs> and uh we fly across the country in 18 days mm. but um yeah so that halt fixed on underneath my saddle and then i've got a, a tool roll um just above that um three lights in the rear loads of reflective tape on every working part that i've got and on the rear stays and on my helmet um which is which is really useful i've got a really lovely curved fork that we've custom painted to match the pet uh, wild rhino transamerica kit which is uh, i must say it's, it's looking really cool so uh, thanks to both bikes by steve for painting it and matching it to the kit that's a great job and marching over at Pedler for, for getting a kit and um, that's also very reflective and you know the visibility is obviously something we, we take seriously so that's um, super, super reflective as mm. always and that rhino flash or, you know the uh, reflective fabrics that they're using um, they're kind of made out of glass fabric. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's a it's not the flashing that you're thinking of in mm. like day 10 of the indie pack. Mm. It's actually the, uh, the, the flashing that you want to see in the dark, not yeah. the, uh, you know, baby rhino horn and, <laughs> you know, the, <laughs> something like a small lipstick, exposed lipstick dangling between. <laughs> I'm just hoping we see some, less. Some marion berries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to see less of that in the Trans Am, I think. I think, right. Yeah. I think. Your mum, yeah, your mum right. was quite vocal about 
about two things. Uh, one was swearing, and two, I think, was skin. Yes. Skin. Mm. Yes, yes. Less skin, less swearing. The two S's, and uh, she's been very vocal about that on this at this adventure. So uh, I'm sorry it won't be as entertaining as last time, <laughs> but you know we all have mothers, and we have to respect them. <laughs> <laughs> So um, um, what else to yeah. tell you? Oh, the Dynamo systems wired into like slave battery that a very smart man taught me all about. Because um, uh, obviously some Garmin's love consistent power delivery, mm. and if they don't get that, they switch off and start bugging out. And so the Dynamo powers into a, a switch, and it powers my front light. It's a K light system, and I've got a a, a little slave battery. Um, that trickle charges my e-trex and then i've got a usb plug and play system to power my espresso machine and my satellite <laughs> communications devices my iphone and to get netflix and chill kind of happening between the hours of six and twelve yeah i saw that um, was that was an interesting setup you had you're able to with your uh quad lock system you could mount your phone uh in landscape and watch netflix while you were riding that's right and the only and and to change the orientation you've obviously got to flip the f- phone but mm. like uh, unlike most normal people that just change the orientation just by twisting their hand 90 degrees i like to try and do a wheelie whilst it's clipped into the quad lock system because that's obviously ah, the most okay. efficient way of doing it yep yep <laughs> wheelie yep. while turning the bars 90 degrees right is that what you're talking about no because no you could you kind of just do you know those old bmx oh, x-ups yeah, where you're crossing yeah, the bars I mean. at the same time yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Not so not just it. one way you got to go both ways oh, man. oh nice <laughs> <laughs> Plumbing pipe, wasn't it? PVC pipe? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, PVC pipe and yeah, some, some zip ties and uh, uh, some tape. Yeah, mm. so that worked really well. It just and gave me extra positions to put stuff on and mount the light. And when you made all that um, stuff with the PVC piping, do you remember who put all the, the drills and all the shavings of PVC um, and pipe and, uh, and so on away? Do you, do you remember? Uh, yeah, I, I do. I, I had to fall on my sword and apologise to Liam but I don't think I apologise to you Jesse oh, I don't think he's recovered I, I've never yeah. seen a man so angry in my life it was, yeah it's incredible yeah it was it was one of those things where I was up really late mm. trying to get everything done and I just completely forgot about it and went to see my beautiful girlfriend Isabel and just left the whole workshop <laughs> in a complete state and uh, yeah yeah because I obviously stay and sleep at Curve, didn't make it back to Curve that evening. And, um, yeah, 
got into so much hot water the next day with Liam. I had to buy him breakfast and like constantly go and cuddle him. <laughs> and like, you know, eventually he warmed up to me and said, don't ever do that again. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's, he's uh, it was a roller coaster you know, he's, that day. He's, an in, he's an incredibly gifted engineer and we're very lucky to have him. But I tell you what, don't, don't lose a number four, four mil, Hex or Allen key, do mm. not lose that four mil. Don't touch any of his drawers. Mm. Don't touch any of his muffins in the kitchen. <laughs> and <laughs> and whatever you do, don't talk to him before his first coffee. What is the triple crown? Um, you've been hammering on about uh, a world first um, and just really going on and on about this triple ground thing so can you explain it <laughs> for us <laughs> all right let me for those of you who aren't sitting down now's about a good time to take a seat and hear all about the triple crown triple crown is three crowns that's right not one not two but three three glorious crowns that go on your head to make a triple crown the first crown is the indian pacific wheel race the greatest crown of them all. <laughs> then you get the second crown, which is the Trans-American Bike Race. And then the third, the beautiful race that is, that's right, the Transcontinental. Boom. Those three, one calendar year, triple crown. So it's like the Grand Slam. been done before. Yeah, it's like it's, a, it's a Grand, grand Slam, slam. But, it's, but for ultra-endurance road cycling. Yeah, it's pretty much the Giro, the Vuelta, and the Tour de France. Mm. So has has anyone has anyone done this before? No one. No one's been stupid enough to try this. Mm. No one. It is not. It's <laughs> until now. <laughs> until now. And so Most you can, truly, So you've been through the first crown, and you can barely use your hands. <laughs> Wait till I get through the second ground. Wait till you get through the second ground. What's going to explode after that one? <laughs> Maybe I won't be able to use my mouth. <laughs> oh. oh, you'll be I on a recumbent. You'll be on a recumbent for the for the transcontinental, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have like a little. Time? You have. You'll be drip fed. <laughs> have a little colostomy bag. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, I can't do Thanks, anything Jesse. else, but I can still move my legs. <laughs> <laughs> Is it your lungs or your legs? Because if it's your lungs... <laughs> oh, look, it's all, it's all three. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty cool thing to do. Um, and, yeah, it is. Uh, it's, you know, to be in the position to be able to do that is pretty, pretty cool. It's a very privileged position to be in, but, um, but hey, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully it'll inspire a few boy. others, a few others to to get off the couch and um, take on take on something. Might not be riding across the country, but um, yeah, just to just to do something that scares them a little bit, maybe. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You know, we've curve is kind of you know in existence because it wants to inspire people. It wants to build these beautiful bikes to pursue the adventures that we take part in and also help others take on their own adventure and we love celebrating 
whatever that adventure is, seeing people go out there on that adventure, whatever it is, getting out there off the couch and into the wild. Mm. So, hey, if I can do that, if you can do that, you must. You, you, that is your responsibility. So, <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. It is a privileged place to be. I'm very lucky to be able to do this. And, yeah, very thankful for the support of the community. It's, I know there's always, always laughter and joking, and, but that's how you get through these sorts of things because they're not always, um, they're not always so, filled with so much <laughs> sort of joy mm. and euphoria. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, no, it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing. And, um, mm. you know, we, we kind of laugh and joke about it, but it's also a serious thing, mm. you know. It's a serious undertaking. And the Triple Crown is something not to be laughed and joked with. It is... It, it is one hell of an undertaking and um, it should be respected um, and I hope to be wearing that crown when when I see you um, depart on your own adventure which is Race to the Rock in September yeah not too far so, off mm. I'm listening to your voice here Riley I'm trying to work out whether you're whether you're nervous whether you're excited or whether you're just in denial um I, and I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm maybe a bit of all, a bit I, of all three. I think it's all all of the above. I'm I'm, I'm excited. Um, obviously, I feel a lot of emotion all of the time. So it's it's just figuring out what exactly that emotion is, or if it's indigestion. Um, <laughs> but most most of the time, I think whatever's running through my body, it's it's largely excitement. Mm. Um, yeah. So are you excited? Are you excited I mean, about this? Yeah, very excited. Yeah, mm. so, like, you know, I, I didn't know that I was doing this, obviously, at the start of the year. I think I entered, obviously, very late, and uh, I've only really got an opportunity to have a good think about it in the last couple of weeks. But it's a hell of an exciting opportunity and experience for me and for Curve at the same time. So, yeah, and with that comes responsibility. You know, and a, a normal person probably would get nervous, but I'm not normal. Far Jesse. from it. Far from I'm it. I'm excited. I mean, mm. yeah, of course I'm nervous. Like, you know, it's a, it's a normal, um, it's a normal emotion. Mm. And, you know, I have those butterflies like everyone else, but it's all about learning to, to kind of teach those butterflies to fly in unison. <laughs> That's beautiful. It's <laughs> beautiful, right? Um, now, thanks, so thanks, Jason. Do you know? Do you know who else is racing? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've seen. I've seen start start list. There's some pretty cool dudes like Doncha, Donica. Sorry, not don't 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 you call Donica Doncha? Uh, it's like Wagga Wagga. Yeah, can't Donica. call it Wagga. He's a great fella. Make sure you make sure you try to spend a bit of time with him. Yeah, I'm definitely going to try. At least you know, have a beer with him. There's over a hundred people. Mm. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of. Um, there's a lot. A lot of people that I've sort of got got to know, like Simone Bailey. She's a really young girl. She bought one of our forks. Um, she's from Texas at the time, I think. And I, I remember speaking to her about us, our CXR fork, and she put it on um, on her chamber which she now oh, nice. uses as her, like, bike, yeah, and she started the Trans Am 
Um, and I think Sarah being in touch and Sarah's been great kind of like just sharing her experience with the Trans Am and as there's not a lot of women in this sport so it's really nice that Sarah takes the time to, to kind of nurture and look after a lot of a lot of people really but yeah from what I understand she spent a bit of time talking to Sarah about about the ride and it was great to meet her I met her last night and I met met this guy Gates Gatesby who's crossed the country like 17 times on 17. different modes of transport 17 times wow. and he's like a celebrated photographer he's just been published in the National Geographic and oh, wow. he's a really really interesting cool chap um and uh yeah i met the you know do you remember dbr who came and did the unipac this year and he had to call it short after getting to melbourne in in like 25 or 30 days he was having such a good time like pulling over and staying in people's houses and just exploring the country um he he had to actually catch a train to sydney to make his flight back to portland (laughs) 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 so i met him and yeah there's there's a few um, that I think I've seen, like Matthias Lucht, is it? He he seems to be yep. someone I've heard of before. Yeah, he's another strong rider, yeah. He's strong and, um, you know, Indiana Schultz is, uh, he seems to be a very serious uh, rider himself. It's a very serious so, name, that's for sure. Yeah, well, it turns out he won the um, Trans-American Trail race. Wow. Yeah. That's so, a, that's enormous, uh, that one. It's like 8,000 kilometres off-road, isn't it? And it's all off-road, mm. so he won that in 2017, so mm. he's um, he's no slouch. Mm. Um, you've, yeah, uh, there's, yeah, there's quite a few people here, though. I haven't really... Um, mm seen seen many of them but i hope to meet quite a few of them there seems to be a whole city of people um in your corner and behind you um so are there any any people you'd like to thank out there um before you embark on this this mission people i'd like to thank Mm. gee i mean the list is is long you know um the kerr families you know top is probably top of that list um you know yourself and sarah the the guidance and the love and the support you know that's it's it's hard getting to these races and it's hard preparing for them and having you guys in my corner has been it's been awesome you know and all the kit that we've kind of it's been awesome having that you know passed down from race to race and having kind of something yes you can go out and buy it but something that's been sort of passed on and has some history to it and it's been tested and it's from one of you know people that you respect so much yeah that's that's really quite special but also you know adam you know for he he's doing this race with me and adam's actually done three trans trans amps he did, he did yours, he covered Sarah's and he'll cover mine and he'll be up and he'll be publishing all that content. He'll be, he'll be there in my ear talking to me about each day. He'll be trying to get as much information out into the wild as he can through social media and 
that is not an easy task. Mm. So to Adam and the next two and a half, three weeks, mate, thank you for pretty much putting your life on hold and working two jobs to get that done. Um, you know, to Liam for designing and building this beautiful machine with Steve, our glorious founder of what is now known today as Curve Cycling, which had humble beginnings as a wheel business. Thank you, mate. Thank you for for uh, for all that you've done. And um, yeah, to to all of the people that are in my corner, especially in Melbourne. You know, there's there's a lot of people there. Um, Stewie from RiderFit. You know, we work together on um, on on uh, three campaigns now, and it's not easy for a, a perform high performance bike fitter that's had World Tour experience to to work with a guy like me. But he has, and we've we've always got to the finish, and it's testament to his ability as one of the the great bike fitters. Um, that I've had the the honour of working with, to you know, to Ren, you know, she was there whilst I was working late. She'd come, and she just set up her her massage table when I was f- finishing work. She'd be there, you know, two three times a week, whatever time I could fit in. She was there, and you know, she released a lot of stuff in my body to get me here. You know, to peddler marching. And the boys there that rushed in another beautiful kit for me, beautiful design, you know, and and got got it here to Portland the day I arrived. My kit was with Nathan Jones, and I picked it up from Nathan, and it's perfect. They've put in different types of chamois for me to try, and I've tested the one that I'm going to use on the Trans Am. Steve's that matched the fork, Bikes by Steve's, the painter that we've been working with on all of our custom paint. You know, he's matched that kit and the Wild Rhino camo perfectly. You know, so there's... I mean, I could go on and on and on and on and on and say thank you to Rafa for, you know, my highly reflective shoes that I wear and, my, and, and you know, those gloves that have really looked after my hands that Sarah very kindly bought for me <laughs> and um, you know that, that guys like Pikey at, at RAF for Australia that have pretty much given me stuff that whatever I've needed they've come through in the past um, and 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 given me the opportunity to, to stay safe and and um, wear some good kit and um, so yeah those those are like up there at the top of the list obviously my beautiful girlfriend she's kind of dealt with the craziness and the the highs and lows of uh of this one and she's going through another big big race where she'll wonder if you know things will happen to me which is normal um you know that love and support is is appreciated and you know to all my friends and family, because this is probably getting on really long for people to just listen to someone saying thank you. It's like the Oscars, you yeah. know, and then they start thanking their mums and their dads. And then the music starts playing and they want to just like, you know, my folks are really supportive. My dad loves 
being a dot watcher. He's probably like the king of dot watchers, and he actually lives in a kingdom of Swaziland. So he he's there, you know, and he's firing up the satellite to try and get some data to then use to get the tracker loaded to then send out smoke signals to the other people <laughs> on the other side of the river to come and see where his boy is because he's now in the next state so you know to my parents um on on both sides of the world you know thank, thank you i've got i've got two mums and two dads so I'm, I'm a lucky boy um so i've got uh mum and dad in in Swaziland and mum and dad in in the UK and they're they're always wondering what the hell I'm up to and whether I'm safe or not and that's partly why I use social media so frequently so that they they don't worry (laughs) but yeah thank you thank you to them um but yeah thank you to all my mates and my, my friends that I've been lucky enough to 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 call friends that have pretty much done everything and anything that could to make this so much easier and that then goes out to all of the dot watchers and the cycling community at large because you know like I wouldn't be here this evening without the support and love of the people's home that I'm, I'm staying in like if, if that if they weren't here then it would have made getting to a story a lot harder and getting all of the stuff that I needed when I was here and just preparing adequately so yeah thank you to all those guys and to all the people that are that are out there you know two three o'clock in the morning supporting and chucking a loaf of bread or a banana our way or you know just being a trail angel or yeah that's that's really great so that's that's my my speech um and if i've missed you off the list uh i apologize (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I think no, it's it's really cool. I think um, you're one of those people, Riley, who gets behind others in a super enthusiastic and passionate, genuine way. You do what you can to help others, and um, that's it's it's coming back to you, which is which is fantastic. It's really good to see. Um, and so you're the sort of guy that everyone everyone wants to get behind. And so um, we're all, I'm sure, we're all we're all super excited to see this latest adventure and looking forward to following you on the way. So with thank that, you, Jess. thank you, mate. Oh, my pleasure. With that, um, I'll bid you farewell. You finish off your, uh, Marionberry pie and, yeah. um, try oh. to get some sleep. That Marionberry pie is calling my name. So I will bid you adieu. <laughs> all right, Ryan, all the best, mate. Good luck. And um, no doubt we'll chat on the road. All right, mate. Thanks for the call, eh? See you later. Bye. Cheers, mate. Bye. Okay, that was Ryan Flynn, our very own Rhino sales director at Curve Cycling. Uh, We're super lucky to have him on our team. He does such a fantastic job at Curve. Uh, It's very exciting to see him embark on another big mission like this, the Trans Am Bike Race. He's done such a great job of taking us all along the way on his big races so far, and I'm sure this one will be no different. Um, I don't know, folks, does he sound nervous? Is he excited? Uh, is he scared or is he in denial? I'm, I don't know. I'm not sure. What I do know is that he still can't use his hands. Um, it's quite funny, actually, watching him trying to eat a plate of food. Anyway, um, we shouldn't laugh about these things. Um, <laughs> I just... I'm just worried to 
find out what state he finishes the the Trans Am in. Um, anyway, we please join me in wishing him all the best for the Trans Am for, for a safe trip across the US. We'll be posting up links to tracking on our social channels and I'm sure Ryan will do the same on his personal channels too. Thanks for joining me for the Race Ride Seat podcast. We'll talk again sometime soon.